Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, and this is a podcast for bench warmers. Listen to me now, listen to me. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. We're going to do it. Tyson Fury. It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. You're a county? Absolutely not. That's a load of rubbish, by Sean, to be quite honest. Uh, He's a disgrace to have a football club. What a belt he's given it. I, 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 I love I love, I love me county, you know. We love Jambalans! On today's show, I have horse trainer Emmett Mullins. Emmett, of course, trained Noble Yates to win the Grand National this year. Emmett was also a jockey in his previous life. This show is coming live from Megedigans in Dubai, where I'll be for the summer. So make sure to come and find me and give me your thoughts on any of the weekend's sport and action, and I'll put you up on any of the pages. With that, Hope you enjoy the pod. Emmett Mullins. Emmett, how are you? Great, now and yourself? Not too bad. Um, look, we, we all know about your recent success, obviously, at the Grand National. But before we go into all that, Emmett, I'd like to speak to you about uh, your journey, I suppose, and like, how did you become a horse trainer? And like, was it always going to be horses for you? Um, I suppose with the family name Mullins, it was always going to be horses. Um, everyone in the family seems to be involved in one way or another. And uh, um, no, from day one, growing up, the horses were at the other side of the back door, and uh, it was something we always loved. And like, uh, like because yeah, just tell me a bit. Like, I was I was actually looking up there on Wikipedia. Like, I'm just interested. Obviously, we know about. Your uncle and your your father as well. I think I was looking up that he was a jockey. Like, was it their father before him that got the whole thing going, or how did you get into the horses originally? Yeah, so I suppose it was uh, the granddad Paddy Mullins. Um, he would have been Irish champion jumps trainer back in the eighties, maybe even the seventies. Um, Don Run was the first kind of big one that I'd have heard about growing up, but he had many great horses. Um, uh, vintage Tipple won an Irish Oaks and um, Hurry Harriet and English Champion Stakes. He's he's um, he uh, he had a lot of big wins. And then what? Like he he set up the stables and stuff, was it? Because as we know, like like horse racing isn't it's not that cheap to be able to set it up from day one and get into it. You know. But on your, your go on, go back to your minute one. Sorry, there I just got cut off. Um, yeah, no, he would have set up uh, in Dunninga and Kilkenny, um, which would have been his home place. And I suppose Dunninga is synonymous with racing as well. Like um, everyone, uh, some people even think I'm training there. So it's uh, it's uh, steeped in history in Dunninga where Paddy set up uh, all those years ago. All right. And uh, all right. So look, the other thing I want to ask you then, Emmett, I suppose, like, like, and then when you were younger, like, you know, because, like, obviously, Ireland is a rich country for sports. You know, you have hurling, Gaelic football, rugby, soccer, everything. Like, did you play the others or was it always just going to be horse racing from day one? Um, I did. I played a bit of hurling, football, rugby in school in Ross Gray. And 
I think I remember one weekend, I'd say I was about 14, and they told me I couldn't go home to do horse riding, that I had a rugby match on the Saturday and I had to stay for it. And I think on that weekend there and then I quit rugby, soccer, hurling, everything, and just stayed horse riding since then. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested, like, because... Like, like obviously we went to the same school, it's the Sertian College, Ross Green on the border of Tipping Offley there. Like how like and that was a seven day boarding, like did, did they let you home at weekends to go down and do the horses? That was it. We got out most after after half day on Saturday when we got home for the Sundays. Done a lot of show jump when I was younger and um probably got away with a lot more uh, than people realised when we were in school, but um we were grateful for every little bit of leeway we got. Yeah, well, the fellas from Cork didn't get out that too often, like, you know, so. But, uh, uh, too far for you to travel, God too, too fair, Too far. And tell us, obviously, you, you were, you had a good riding career also, like you had a Cheltenham Festival. Like, what was that like? Oh, like, that was, growing up, that's all I wanted was to be a jockey, Um and I suppose for a few years, I, I lived that dream. Uh, Cheltenham Festival winner, definitely the highlight. Got to ride in the entry Grand National myself as a jockey. That didn't go so well. But um, no, I, I rode in a lot of countries. Got to ride in France. There's a big race in the Czech Republic called the Par de Bici. Um, got to tick a lot of boxes. Maybe didn't have the success I wanted and uh, had to look elsewhere for that in training. But um, it, that was my original dream growing up, was definitely to be a jockey. Uh, I presume, like, when you're training horses now, obviously when Noble Yates won the entry Grand National, like, would you get the same thrill out of that as being a jockey? Or is that... um, it's a funny one. As I say, I was... As a jockey, you get a thrill, a big, huge excitement. As a trainer, it's relief. It's it's And it's not that anyone put any big pressure on him. It's you put the pressure on yourself, you're dealing with it day in, day out. And uh, you know everything that can go wrong. And as a jockey, you're coming in, throwing your leg over for the five minutes and getting off and walking away. You don't have to deal with it again. As a trainer, it's there's just so many different elements to it. So it's um you know how much is involved and what's at stake and how long a road it is back to the same race again next year. And um it uh, was a huge relief. It even uh, surprised me uh I nearly got emotional after the Cheltenham Festival winner last year and again an entry this year. Uh, whereas as a jockey, it was elation, a static kind of. It was uh, two different uh, emotions. And just finally on the jockey thing, uh, is that like, why did you move away from being a jockey and going into being a trainer? Was it that it was you found it hard to cut the weight, was it? Or was it just you wanted to be a trainer? Uh, the weight was definitely an element, but um, I realized quick enough I probably wasn't good enough and I wanted more success and I wasn't happy just being middle of the road um so I decided yeah I, I'd, I'd retired at uh, 24 from being a jockey um wait it was a small bit of it but um it wasn't all of it and um uh, no that was uh a big decision to it. I just wanted more success. All right, and then obviously we'll talk about this year, Emmett. Like, um, like the season started slowly. I suppose it was a bit of a funny one, and then all of a sudden, bang! You hit Holy Grail and you won the Grand National. Like, did you did you expect that? 
look, it was the plan we'd set out early in the year for it and uh, we'd planned around it for the season. I suppose uh, the closer we got to it, we got cold feet and uh, weren't really sure whether we could pull it off or not. But um, we stuck to our plan and didn't change. And uh, luckily it all went right in the day. All right. And I suppose someone then that wouldn't know a whole pile about horses then, tell me about Noble Yates. Like, will that horse be running again next year? And is she, is she only in her prime now? Like, you know, or like, do you see a lot more success in her? Sorry, there. you say that again one more time? You're going Someone that doesn't know a whole pile about horses there, Emmett, is that like I'm just asking, like, do you see a lot more success from Noble Yates? Do you think she'll there's plenty more years left in her? Do you think she'll run again next year or the year after? Like, is this only the start of her journey? Uh, you're always hopeful of that, but um, like a grand national is so hard to achieve. It's it's uh it's um it's a long time before Tiger Roll done it recently, but um you don't see that many multiple winners any in that race. It's such a hard race. Um, he's definitely got age on his side. He's only seven, and I think the last seven-year-old to win the Grand National was in the 1940s, so that's uh, one for the stats. Right. Uh, one against the stats. and um, So, as I say, we do think there's plenty more to come from the horse, but um, we're, we're just delighted to get with the big day out that we did. All right. And uh, finally, on the Grand National, uh, Emmett, I obviously saw that you, you brought the horse back to your old school, Sussurgeon College in Rathscray, and I presume you brought it to your hometown as well. Like, what was that like? That must have been a special feeling. That was it. The race was a Saturday, and Sunday evening we had a homecoming at Lachlan Bridge uh, down at the Lord Bagnall Hotel. And uh, I suppose I haven't really... None of it had sunk into me at the time, so I hadn't really told that many people about it. And um, I, I, I did. I got a bit of a shock when we came back for the homecoming, the, the turnout um, at home. The amount of people that came out just to see the horse, uh, it was um, probably the first realisation of how um, how big a deal it was going to be going forward. Yeah. And what was it like bringing it back to your school? How did that come about? Oh, that was it. Uh, no, it was um, the same thing as... Uh, it was a great privilege to be able to bring back something to Ross Gray to show off and be proud of, like a, a Grand National. is uh, It's uh, such a rare thing to be able to achieve and to, uh, to bring that back. Um, and uh, no, and most of the teachers were still there and all that, and it was great to see them. Um, so no, it was, uh, it was, um, I don't really know how opposite way to put it, but it was, no, it was, uh, it was strangely, uh, strangely very happy feeling. No, definitely. I can I can only imagine it. Like for, I think Davy Russell is from my own town in Yall, and I think he brought back Tiger Roll a few years ago. So, you know, it was something similar when I saw the pictures, it kind of reminded me of that. But also, Emmett, like just the final few questions there is that um I'm just interested myself now, like that. Uh what's your day like for someone that doesn't have a clue about horses now and obviously you're big into obviously you're training horses. Like what time do you get up in the morning? What time do you finish? Like, is it all is it all consuming? It is, and um, during the summer now, there's a lot more travel involved. Uh, this week now, we've had uh, a busy week already. We've uh, start the horses are riding out in the gallops. They're all out and riding at uh, eight o'clock in the morning. Hopefully, we'd have them done before lunchtime every day. Uh, Monday. We had runners in Killarney, so that was three and a half hour journey down. Runner in Killarney at seven o'clock, 
home late, uh, back again on the gallops 8 o'clock Tuesday morning with a runner in Sligo last night at 8.10. Uh, so that was another late night home. And this morning we uh, had to catch a flight and we're over in Doncaster Sales here in the UK right. looking for the next one. And uh, I suppose also, like, I suppose a lot of lads be listening to this then. Or the other question I'd like to ask actually is that, um, yeah, is there any off-season in horse racing? Like, is it just constantly go all year round? For me, it is. Uh, I train flat and jumps horses. Um, the jumps horses are definitely all year round. There's a 10-day break from racing in uh, the end of June, but um, there's sales on in that 10-day break break and everything so you're in your 10 days you're trying to restock for next season as well and um with me with flat horses as well um there'll be there'll still be flat horses ready to run and um no it is it's uh it's a full calendar year there's no uh, let up is horse racing as still as popular as ever because like there was a fellow who used to live with me and like he would be uh he'd be very much you know i, I don't know what 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 you'd call him but like he's you know, animal rights, and I know obviously that's you have to be very careful, like you know. But like you saw there, like the, over the last few years, the the greyhounds kind of got a bit of a hammering from that documentary that came out from RT a few years ago. Like, what do you think about horse racing? Is horse racing in a good place, or did it have to change its way? It did things or something? You know. Oh no doubt, it's uh, everything. Everyone's becoming a bit more conscious of um, uh, the animal rights thing, and. Um, it's uh, something to be fair. The authorities are on top of, and um, you know they're they're changing regulations and everything the whole time. And uh, the whip seems to be a big one that uh, everyone gets in behind. But um, as I say, it's uh, it's uh, something the authorities are on top of. I, I think, but, and uh, but it's definitely but, but uh, you, definitely a concern going forward. You'd know Emmett because obviously you train horses, like you know. Like I remember at the time I was arguing with my friend that like. Those horses are treated better than me or you, you know. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's unbelievable. If they had a, a snot in their nose, they're they'd be brought to the doctor or the vet quicker than you'd be brought to the doctor. Like it's yeah. um, their health is is more important than the and myself and yourself. It's uh, they're um, they're looked after immaculately. I'm here in Doncaster looking out a window at horses going around and um, the shine on their coats in the sun here is unbelievable. It's uh, just a credit to everyone that looks after them and the work that goes into them that's unseen by everyone that criticizes it is um is crazy that you know it's, it's uh there's a huge effort goes in from the stable staff on their part just to keep on top of everything and uh it's probably not acknowledged well enough yeah uh final three questions i suppose Emmett, is that like uh i suppose there'll be a lot of lads watching this uh, or listening back to this uh, you're in Doncaster at the moment. Like, do you have any tips for the weekend or any horses look out for if you were to put a few quid down? I don't have anything declared to run myself, uh, so I don't really have any uh, any good information anyway. But um, no, uh, I suppose looking forward long term, um, I definitely have a few horses for the the me family in Galway, the Galway races. Yeah. Um, so we might be. Uh, we should be competitive there. They should have uh, plenty of life chances. And um, we might even see at the Ross Grey dinner up there on Saturday. Not sure. Who knows? Uh, obviously, final two questions, Emmett, is um, what, like, if you were a young jockey now or wanted to be a young horse trainer, 
what advice would you give? Like any, a lot of the guests I have on, I, I ask the same question, like what advice would you give if you wanted to be a footballer or a rugby player or whatever? What advice would you give if you wanted to get into horse racing? Um, I suppose the best piece of advice I was ever given was uh, the only thing in horse racing that's free is patience. And uh, it's something that's just not utilised enough and have a plan, have the patience and... Uh, it's uh, it's the only thing that's free and it's very underused. Right, I like that one. And uh, the f- final thing is, Emmett, is that I'd just be interested in all, like, what's your own el- end goal in, like, because everyone in life has aims and ambitions, like, you know, like, obviously you won the Grand National, which was unreal. Like, what what you hope to achieve next in horse racing? It's a very hard one, to say. Um, Honestly, it's there's no one target. It's just to keep improving, keep getting better season on season, better quality horses, competing in better quality races. And um, so there's no, as I say, it's just keep getting better. There's no one target that where if we hit, that's it. It's it's um, just to keep the quality going upwards. Alright, and finally, Emmett, I hope the Wi-Fi holds up with this. Uh, I do this with all my questions, all my guests, and um, questions in sixty seconds. Okay, so uh, favorite food? Lasagna. Favorite golf course? Mount Juliet. Favorite film? Uh, Batman Return. Go to karaoke song. Oh, non-existent phone karaoke. Right. Hoodie or windbreaker? Say that again. Hoodie or windbreaker? Oh, windbreaker. Um, career if you weren't a horse trainer? Horse uh, jockey. Um, what is something you've never tried but want to? Uh, better at hurling. Uh, best book you've ever read? Uh, wouldn't be by you. Don't no, I can't remember the last book I read. All right. And uh, favorite thing to do on your day off? Cinema. And finally, uh, tea or coffee? Neither, and I haven't drank a cup of tea or coffee in my life. Oh, same as myself. Right. No bother. Cheers to that, Emmett. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Ed. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to horse trainer Emmett Mullins. It was great to talk to him. I haven't talked to him in years. I remember he was a year or two behind me in school. And it's great to see that he's done very well. And I wish him every success. And great to have a, a Grand National uh, winner that went to our school. So good good luck to him. I, I'll definitely keep an eye out. And I'll definitely put a few quid in any of the horses that he's trained from now on. So remember, you can uh, get this on uh, Spotify and wherever, wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm out here in McGettigan's in Dubai for the summer, so make sure, come and find me and give me your thoughts on any of the weekend's action and I'll put you up. Uh, thanks for listening, I'm Neville Dunhu and I'm out of here.